We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Oh, boy. I left my water over here. Uh, I got a couple of announcements. One of them is sad, and the other one is very happy. So I'm going to start off with the sad one first. Uh, Bill Bell, uh, his wife Sarah passed away this week. And, uh, you know, Bill was here not that long ago speaking, and and a great friend, uh, pastor, he's a pastor over at Maple Root Baptist Church, and, uh, you know, he was, he's also a real estate agent. He was our agent when we got this building and, and helped us get through that whole process. But we've known him for a long time, over 25 years or something. And so uh, we'll be praying for them. Now, the happy news is uh, we're going to get started on our walkway project. Yeah, you can get excited about that. It's okay. So uh, we're hoping to break ground this week, and so next week you're going to have to come in a different entrance, so you'll have to just watch for people to direct you. Probably up the stairs on the side, and then this entrance over here as well. So this entrance will not be accessible for uh, a few weeks at least. So it's, uh, it's big, and Norman, had, Norman will be here next uh, service, but he had... Uh, put some things down here, and uh, I want to uh, share them with you. He says, uh, and we talked about this as really, really from both of us, uh, as you probably noticed for a very long time, the walkway and the interway to the church are not handicap friendly and have been deteriorating for a while. The church was blessed a few years ago, a few years ago, with a specific donation to make replacement possible. So we've got this, these funds. And he says, however, and this is the truth, however, it's taken so long to find the right design and the right people to do the work. It's just taken a long time. But, but recently, the, the pieces have fallen into place. And ironically, it's now during this time of the, the COVID crisis. And, and he says, the crisis has made it awkward to justify starting such a project, but it's also provided the opportunity of having the right people at a reasonable cost. So, it's awkward now because we're doing this project, but right now just seems to be it's all coming together. So, and again, the, the funds are in place from a few years back. So he just, you know, he's, he wants everybody to understand, you know, like he's the treasurer, you know, like he wants people to understand what's going on here. He says the funds have been dedicated to this for several years and awkward as this difficult time. It's also the time that provided the ability to do so. And he points out the drawings. We have drawings in the back that you can look at if you want to see uh, how it's going to look. They're not exactly how they're going to turn out, but, but pretty close. We're going to adjust some of the uh, landscaping, uh, cut that, you know, scale that back uh, considerably. But uh, for the most part, the railing and everything is going to look similar to that. So he says thank you for, to everyone for, for everyone's support. So don't be surprised. If you see big tractors and stuff parked out there and, and all that, because uh, we're going to do it. Amen?
You guys ready for that? Okay. Let's open our Bibles, John chapter 13. John chapter 13. We're going we're gonna to finish John chapter 13 today. And uh, we talked last time, and I don't know if any of you have this opportunity to lay down your life for somebody, to truly love somebody. I was thinking about that, you know, that God would give us these opportunities to lay down our lives for somebody else. And, and, and that's what Jesus did. He humbled himself and he laid down his life. He gave his life to show us what agape is. And, and not only that, but he commands us to do the same, to lay down our lives for one another and to love each other just as he did. And, and uh, you know, as I talked about that last week, I pointed out that it, it's impossible for us to do that in our, in our own strength. We, don't, we just don't have it. We, we need to get it from God. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? We pray for it. We pray for it. And then he said this, that by this, by agape, all men, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He's gonna, it's going to be a witness to the world that, that we truly are disciples of Jesus because we act like Jesus did. We do like Jesus did. We, we, we lay down our lives. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. And sometimes it's downright painful. As Jesus showed us, he went through an awful lot to lay down his life, didn't he? But that's what he calls us to do. So today, continuing that thought, the fact that it's impossible for us to do it, we need to get this agape love from God. Uh, I, the question I want to begin with is this, is apart from Jesus, what can we do? And the answer is what? It's nothing. It's nothing. Why do you say that? I mean, I could do lots of things. Why do you say that? Because of what Jesus said in John 15, 5. So jump ahead to chapter 15, if you will. We're just going to read that verse as a kind of setup for what we're going to talk about today. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me or abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, or on your own, you can do what? Nothing. He makes it so clear. Nothing. What can we do apart from Jesus? Can we love like Jesus loved without his love? No. Can we do anything apart from Jesus? The answer, biblically speaking, is no. We can try, and we do. We try to make things happen. We can strive. We can be self-confident. And, you know, we're, you know, we're told to be self-confident, be full of confidence. We're going to see it today in Peter, the disciple. Let's look at John 14, uh, excuse me, 13, verse 33. I mentioned we'd get back to this verse, and then we'll jump ahead from there to verses 36 through 38. And John... 13, verse 33, Jesus said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Where I am going, you cannot come. 
This is the first thing he tells them. He, he starts, though, with this term of affection, really, this term of love and care. He calls them my children. The only time he uses that phrase. Because he knew that this was going to be a difficult situation. He says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. He, he'd spent three years with these people, these disciples, and, and this was going to affect them in a, in a very difficult way that he was going to be no longer with them, but he was going to go somewhere else. So he says, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm only going to be with you a short while longer. And just as I told the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. You cannot come. You can't come with me, Jesus told his disciples. So where was he going? Where was Je what was Jesus saying when he says, where I'm going, you cannot come? Two answers to that, really. Number one, first and foremost... Or not foremost, but first is the cross. And second was to the Father, to the glorious Father, to the glory in heaven. He said it in chapter 7. He had said it when he was referring back when he was speaking to the Jews. He says, I go to the one who sent me. I'm going to the one who sent me, to the Father in heaven. To be with him, to be with him in glory. So, so Jesus is saying now to his disciples, he told the Jews that, where I'm going, you can't come. And now he says the same thing to his disciples. So the question is, is he speaking about just now you can't come or ever? Well, we know the rest of the story, right? And we know that it's not for the disciples. It's, not, it's just now you can't come. The Jews who didn't believe in him, that's a different story though, right? You can't come unless you believe. And, and as he's going to say in, in the next chapter, in, in, in chapter 14, that Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one goes, comes to the Father except through him. So apart from believing in Jesus, you are not going to go, he said to the Jews. Because they were rejecting him. So he's saying, you can't come. You can't go with me. But in the meanwhile, what are we supposed to do? What was the last thing he said? You know, you've heard people say that. If you don't know what to do, do the last thing you heard, right? And what was the last thing he said to them? Remember my introduction here, my review? Love one another, he says. So in the meanwhile, until it is time... You've got something to do that, that this is what you are supposed to do. It's love one another. And until we're able to go, we're called to love one another. And that's not always easy either, is it? You've got to love me. I know I'm good looking and everything, but I'm not that easy to love. Right? In the meanwhile, love one another. Look at verse 36. Now let's jump ahead. He says, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later, as we have just made the point. It's going to be later. You will follow later. You can't come with me now. Not now, but later you will be able to come. Not at this time. Now, when I read that, you read that by itself, it's a pretty clear statement, isn't it? It's pretty clear. He says, you're not going to come with me right now, but you will later. That's, I mean, that's black and white, clear, not now, but later, right? Why do I say that? The time is going to come, but it's going to be in whose time? In his time, not our time, not Peter's time, but in Jesus' time. That's when it's going to happen. 
Later in chapter 14, he's going to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to take you there. I'm going to come back. You're going to go there. I'm, I'm getting a place ready. We're going to look at that in detail. I'm getting a place ready. You're going to go there. But not right now. That's cru- you know, I'm making a point of this. You'll see why in a second. It's very clear, Jesus says. We have to listen to what he says. We have to listen to his words and, and pay attention to what they say, what they mean. Look at verse 37. You'll see why I'm making this point. He says, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay, my, I will lay down my life for you. Lord, why can't I follow you now? Instead of just paying attention to what Jesus said, listen, not now, but later, Peter says, why can't I follow you now? He wants to do it now. He wants what I want. I want what I want. None of you are ever like that, right? You're completely full of the fruit of the Spirit, which is patience. I'm so patient, I, I, don't, I, I can wait. But Peter's saying, Lord, why? I want to go now. Why can't I follow you now, this very moment? And my question is, Jesus maybe was thinking, he doesn't exactly say it, he maybe says it in so many words, you know, which part of you can't follow me now do you not understand? Which part of you do you don't get? Peter, you got to love Peter, right? I mean, he, 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 gets, you know, he gets picked on a lot, and I understand that. You know, but I think we can relate a lot to him, and maybe that's why Jesus picked him as one of his disciples, because we can kind of see, we want that. You get impatient? I want to I go now. Jesus, why can't we do this thing now? He says, I will lay down my life for you. I will lay, you know, he's just said, you just... I will lay down my life for you, he says. Interesting. Uh, Again, going back to our review from last week, Jesus does want us to lay down our lives, right? For one another. That's what we're called to do right now. But Peter says, no, I don't want to do that right now. I want to do this right now. I want to lay down my life for you now. This is what I want to do now. This is what I want to do. I don't know. I, I see when we step back and look at this and we, and we think about what, what, what Peter is saying, there's some kind of self-confidence, isn't there? You know, there's this bravado, like, I can do this. Jesus, don't you know me? That's the problem. Jesus does know him. And Jesus does know you and me, Right? We can say, I'm going to do this. I can do this. You know, this is, this, this is mentioned, this, this where Jesus tells Peter what he's going to do, what he's really going to do. It's mentioned like in all four Gospels. So we, we know that it's like real. In, in Matthew 26, Peter says these words. He says, even if all fall away, I never will. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. He said, I mean, he, he makes it so clear. Je- Jesus, don't you know who I'm the man? I'm your, I'm your guy. The interesting thing Matthew points out is that all the others, they said the same thing too. Not just Peter, all the rest of them said, I'll never deny you, no way. In the, in the account in Luke, it, 
speaks about some spiritual warfare, though, that's taking place when Jesus tells him that you will deny me. Because he, he points this out to Peter. He says, Peter, Satan has, has asked to sift you like wheat. Remember that? That's, that's, that's leading up to what Jesus is going to say to him about denying him. He says, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And after you have been strengthened or converted or changed, he says, strengthen the brothers. He knew exactly what Peter was going to do. Matthew Henry says this. He says, Peter rather should have said, what a fool I am to talk so big. Lord, your grace enabling me, I will lay down my life for you. What a fool I am to talk so big. We need to be careful of these statements that we make and these, these stances that we take when we really, we, we're, we're going to do this in our own flesh, in our own strength, or we think we're going to do this. Paul gives us a scripture which I want to put on the screen for you. It says this, and this is pretty clear, isn't it? Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Isn't that what, where Peter was? He thought, man, I can do this. I, you know, I, I can do this. Another scripture in Proverbs says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We kind of truncate that. We said pride goes before a fall. We leave the middle out as we quote that. But pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. When we get to this place where we think we can do it, watch out. Watch out. Take heed, he says. Watch out, lest we fall. Now, was it a bad thing that Peter wanted to do? No. And some, some uh, you know, pointed out that, you know, Jesus, you know, was kind of comforted by, you know, the fact that Jesus, that, that Peter wanted to do this. He, he had a heart, he, you know, he wanted to do it. But, but one of the things, and even after this time here in the upper room, in the Garden of Gethsemane, this, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, Peter wanted to do the right thing, he did, but, but he didn't have the strength in and of himself. We want to do the right thing so many times, but we don't have the strength in and of ourselves. So apart from Jesus, what can we do? Nothing. And that's the point I'm trying to make to tie this all together here. Look at verse 38, John 13. He says this, Then Jesus answered, Peter said those, those words, and then Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me? He says, I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. I tell you the truth. You want to know the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And sadly, this is what happened, isn't it? This is exactly what happened, what Jesus knew would happen. Peter, you know, yes, he, he, he had a heart to do what he thought was the right thing, but, but, but he really wasn't listening to what Jesus said would happen, first of all. You can't follow me now. Later you will. And he had this self-confidence that he thought he could do it. I, I'm, you know, maybe others would deny you, but not me. Not once. Not twice, but three times. 
he denied his Lord. Now, we're not going to get into it today, but there's a big difference between what happens with Peter and what happened with Judas, right? This betrayal versus this denial here is a whole other subject. But Peter, he wanted to follow. He wanted to do the right thing, but he didn't have the strength to do it. He didn't have the ability in and of himself to do it. He would, right? Peter would. He later absolutely would. And when would he be able to do that? After the day of Pentecost, right? When, when the Holy Spirit was given, after he had the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he would do remarkable things, incredible things. And he absolutely would give up his life and go and be with the Father in heaven. In John chapter 21, you know, John chapter 21, uh, Peter was restored by the Lord in that threefold, you know, where Jesus said, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? This threefold restoration that took place. But one of the things that Jesus said to Peter at that time, he says, you know, when you were younger, you dressed yourself where, and you went where you wanted, but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. He said, listen, whatever you do, follow me. And that's where Peter goes, well, what about the other guy? You know, and, and Jesus said, don't worry about the other guy. You follow me. You do what I have called you to do. But he told Peter, listen, there's going to come a time. Again, this is before that, that day of Pentecost, before the power came, Acts chapter 2, you can read about it. Interesting to know, after this has all occurred now, later, much later, uh, before he would give his life, as uh, all of the apostles did except for the apostle John, uh, Peter wrote these words. He said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. He's quoting from the Old Testament. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up when? In due time, in his time, not in our time, not in Peter's time, not in what someone else says. This is what you should do now. This is what God, in God's due time. But the point for you and I is that we need to humble ourselves. And, and who wants to do that? Who wants to humble themselves? But that's... From really, from beginning to end, that's what God calls us to do, to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. Peter learned. He learned, didn't he? Can we learn? Can you learn? Do you want to learn? Or are you, are you like me, an old, old dog can't learn new tricks? You know, when we get to that place, we can't learn anything. We're not going to grow. We're not going to have any fruit. We're not gonna, there's, God isn't going to you know, be doing things in our lives because we're just unwilling. But, but if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, confess that we got nothing, that we have to get everything from Him. What and when God calls us to do something, He will always give us what we need to do, what we need to do it. Paul said it as well, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God is able 
to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. What's the key word there? All. God's able to do that. He's going to do it all for us. So we're, you know, apart from Jesus, what can we do? What can we do? Nothing. Say that with me. Nothing. But... Paul also said this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when he gives it to me, I can do it. I can do nothing apart from him, but through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things. That's the secret. That's the key. To confess, to humble ourselves and confess, you know what, Jesus? I don't want to be like Peter. I want to be like Peter was later. I don't want to be like Peter was here, you know, making all these brash statements. God, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm a super saint and all this stuff. No, I am nothing, but you are everything. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's an important lesson that we need to learn. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before your throne this morning. We think of this man, Peter, and, and, and uh, we think of ourselves, how we get impatient. We think we can go forward when the time isn't right, when we really don't even have the power or the strength to do it. We're no different than Peter, really. So we ask you, Lord, to to give us the strength we need to do what you call us to do today. Now, not what you call us to to do tomorrow. You'll give us the strength tomorrow for that. And, you know, you, you taught us to pray. Give us each day. Give us today our daily bread. What we need today. Father, it's not easy to humble ourselves. We're just... We're proud. We think we got it all together, but, but we don't. We just don't. So, Lord, we pray. We humble ourselves. We pray and ask you. And in your due time, you will, you'll lift us up. You'll do what, we needs, what needs to be done. You'll give us what we need to do what you call us to do. I know it's true. It's like true every day. It's every Sunday. I see it in my own life, every day in my own life, how you, you give me what I need to, to get through that day. Lord Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't know what kind of burdens, what kind of a path that each person in this room, maybe others that are listening or are going through, and, but, but, but you're with us. You'll walk with us, Lord. We pray for the strength to get through the day. We pray for Bill Bell and his family as they are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Be with them. Give them the strength they need, Lord. Comfort them. The things that each each one of us is going through, help us, Lord. Help us, we pray. I pray too, Lord, for any that are here that don't know you in this way, that, that 
I want you to know you can reach out today to Jesus. He'll come into your life, I promise you. The Word of God promises to come, that He will come in your life and save you and, and give you the strength and love and eternal life. He is the way. And simply pray and, and say, Jesus, please, come into my life today. Save me. Rescue me today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?